This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to a special episode of the Mess It Up Podcast. I say it's special not because of its number or the date or anything like that. Uh, nothing really special about it except for the fact that... Um, it is right about midnight on uh, the day that we are supposed to uh, broadcast the podcast or publish the podcast, I guess it is. And uh, I realized I didn't have a podcast. So it's it's 11.59 on Monday night and it's got to be out. Well, it just changed to midnight. It's got to be out 9 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. So uh, it's a little late to be calling people and say, hey, how would you like to be a guest on this week's podcast? So guess what? You are stuck with me, the bow tie guy. Uh, and because it's late at night here and I'm sitting in my living room, um, you know, watching TV and thinking about bed, I am for this week, I'm the no tie guy. So uh, we'll just kind of see what happens with this and roll with the punches the way they come. I mean, what's better for the Mess It Up podcast than a little bit of a mess, right? We'll see if we can turn it into a message. So uh, this week, my word of the week is a plum. And I didn't pick this one specially for this week. It just is in the list of words, but it says self-confidence or assurance, especially when in a demanding situation. So hopefully I do this podcast with some aplomb because uh, I really could use um, that. And it's a little bit of a demanding situation. Everybody knows how much I love to talk, but my biggest problem is when I when I talk a long time, I need to take a sip. And when there's a guest, I always point at the guests and it's like, hey, you talk for a little bit while I take a sip of my drink, keep the old vocal cords moist and, and lubricated. That's not going to happen tonight. It's just going to be me rolling. So if you can use that word aplomb in your sentences this week, go ahead and give yourself some uh, bonus points. Because there's one of me, I'm going to multiply the normal 10 by one. So instead of getting 10 bonus points this week for each time you use it, you're going to get 10 times one, which winds up being 10. So there you go. Same as always, right? Cool. All right. Well, um, I want to remind you that you can share the show on all of our social networking places that we typically use. We're on uh, Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, all those things. So please think about sharing the show with your friends so they can know that you are uh, listening and maybe they might want to listen as well and, and get in on the act and, uh, you know, just kind of join in with, with whatever's going on. So let them know. The only way that the show gets to more faces and people is if everybody shares it. So I'm really counting on you guys to just sort of guerrilla market our way into this, uh, you know, thing that we've been doing. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do that. Um, we didn't get anybody taking part in our Mac Owen challenge last week from Kevin. It's kind of sad. I got no, no things with the Mac Owen challenge. So uh, hopefully you're doing that anyway. And uh, we'll try to come up with a new challenge for the weeks to come. Uh, so be listening and do all that. If you want to become a sponsor of the show, you can join our Patreon membership, which is available to you for as little as $1 a month. You can help financially support the show by giving your tax-deductible donation to Mess it up Minist uh, Messed Up Ministries and the Mess It Up Podcast. Helps us keep the show on the air, pay for bandwidth and website uh, service and all those good things. So we really appreciate all of our Patreon members. You can also, if you join that top 
level, you can be part of our book club. We're reading some uh, cool books coming up in the future here that I've chosen from uh, some different reading lists that I was perusing. So that's really fun. So get involved with that. If you want to send me an email to tell me your thoughts on the show, you can get me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. My uh, intern, Dave, can be reached at info at messituppodcast.com if you just want some general uh, information about the show and whatnot. So uh, we look forward to getting your emails. If you feel bored, you want to give me a call. Uh, maybe you want to be on the show at midnight on a Monday. Uh, you can call me at 760-608-1942. Love to hear from people. So I think that's uh, pretty much most of what I got. Don't forget to give us a, a rating review on your favorite podcatcher. But let's just kind of jump into uh, the show. And what I wanted to talk to about tonight is the idea of making a difference in life. We, we talk about this 12-step you know, uh, journey that some of us are on, uh, that definitely I'm on. And it's always that idea of when we get to the end of that step study, what do we do? Do we, do we turn around and we go again? And uh, tonight I had uh, dinner. You can check out uh, the Facebook page and you can see Kevin who was just on the show. He just finished his step study tonight. So we went out to dinner and while we were talking, we were talking about you know what comes next for him and all these kind of things. And I, I showed him my watch and, and I moved on my Apple Watch. I swiped through a couple of different faces until I got to the analog face and it had those numbers from one to 12. And I said, you know, what comes after, after 12 o'clock here, Kevin? And he saw one and it's just that idea of once we get to step 12, it's, it's about giving back and not just quitting. I have seen so many people in my days of recovery, get to the end of the steps and just think, okay, I did that, now what's next? And they move on to the next challenge in life, thinking that it has to be something different than celebrate recovery. And my friends, my experience is I have to keep working these steps year after year after year, day after day after day. And step 12 says we try to practice these principles in all our affairs. So we don't try to separate it out and say, here's my celebrate recovery stuff and here's my not celebrate recovery stuff. It's all celebrate recovery stuff. It's all recovery because Christ did this for all of my life, not just for part of my life. Uh, and, and if I just put the gas in the car one time, it doesn't keep going. I've got to keep putting gas in. So by working my steps over and over and over and going to meetings and and hosting step studies and participating in these things, doing the blog, writing books, doing the podcast, it keeps me actively working my steps. And that's such an important word, that word, working the steps. It's not just a thing that we do. It's not working my way through the steps. It's working my steps each day. So that means there's probably going to be some effort involved. Uh, I had a, a good friend one time uh, talk about we were at a, a business meeting for the business we were working at and he was brought in as a consultant because the business was not doing particularly well. And he said, guys, there's a reason they call it work. You don't just sit back and hope that it comes to you. You've got to work. And with recovery, if I just sit back and hope that life comes at me, it will. It'll come right at me. And it'll come at me with a vengeance. And that's what it did before I was in recovery. And I made a decision to get into recovery to change the way my life was, to make my life different because it wasn't working for me. That first step, realizing I'm not in control, and that there's a problem, that, that, that you know life has become unmanageable, that was a realization that changed my life. Because before, I thought 
I had everything under control. I had a conversation with my wife tonight and we were talking about who I was back then and who I am now and the things that I'm trying to accomplish and doing and how I'm letting God move in my life. And I just looked at her, I said, that's not the guy that you married. That guy is gone. He's, he's disappeared. That guy was a, a, he was a goofball. He was messing up. He was all about himself. He had so much strength that he didn't need any strength from God. He didn't need any help from Christ. He didn't need any input from a sponsor or accountability partners because that guy knew everything. And then that guy's life fell apart about the turn of the century, the turn of the millennium. And uh, Y2K hit me hard because my life got rocked. And I found out how little I actually did know, how actually I little I was in control and it was basically nothing that I was in control of. It, I mean, life spun out of whack real quick. And I had to make some changes. And thank God that I made those changes. Because without God in my life, without God being strong for me so that I could be weak, my life was a wreck. And I don't know if I'd be here today, much less where I'd be if I was. But because I've surrounded myself with people who believe in the ministry, with people who believe in recovery, with people who love me, with people who care about what I do and how I do it and where I go and what I say and the things that I put into my body and the ideas that I put into my mind and the ministries that I put into practice. These people care so much that they keep me on a much straighter, narrower more well-honed path and they allow me to make a difference. I was talking uh, today, um, had a job interview and I was talking with a person and we were talking about the idea of making a difference and me possibly stepping into a different role in ministry. And they asked why I would want to give up what I'm doing to do this new thing. And I told him that it came down to making a difference, that I knew that I was making a difference with what I was doing in life right now. Because I can see the numbers on the blog, ministerofmocha.com, by the way, read the blog. Uh, I can see the numbers that come up on the playlists on SoundCloud and iTunes and Pandora, not not Pandora, Spotify. And, and those other podcatchers, I can, I can check those statistics and see how many people are listening to the show each week. And it, it's, it's truly, it's more than I thought that I would have. Uh, it's, it's, it's much more successful than I, I, you know, in my heart of hearts thought that it would be. I was going to be happy if I hit 50 people a week and we're way, way uh, beyond that. We're, we're not in, in four digits, but we're in, in triple digits. So that's nice. And people have contacted me on the email and uh, have, have joined the Patreon and said, you know, you're making enough of a difference. I want to give you a financial boost. And, and, and that says a lot because money is tight and people have, you know, a lot of places they could spend their money. And for them to choose to spend it on my ministry is humbling. So I know that I, I make a difference. And, and I told this person when they asked me the question, I want to make more of a difference. I want to reach more people because what I'm doing is fantastic, but I'd love to reach even more people. And it's not about 
fame or glory or anything like that. It's about lives being changed. God has created me to be a servant. He's called me into ministry so that I could serve people who need it uh, when they can't get it for themselves. I mean, I've been called into prison ministry to work with people who have found themselves in a bad way, who have done horrible things to other people, uh, including, you know, murder and uh, any of the other things that you can think of that might be a horrible thing. You know, I, I work with those people and I want to do more because I want to make a difference because God called us to be doers of the word, not just hearers, but but to go out and do what the word says. And Christ himself said that the most important law was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind. And the second one was like it. It was to love your neighbor as yourself, to love other people. And that's what I'm called to do. That's what we're all called to do. If you don't know what your calling is from God, know that part of it is to love people because he tells us specifically that's the most important thing. God narrowed it down from Moses to 10 and Jesus narrowed it down to us, for us, to two. And it doesn't say what not to do. It doesn't say don't do this. It doesn't say don't do that. It's not the the list of don'ts. It's the list of do. And it's love God and love other people. That's the important stuff. And that's how we make a difference. And if someone hadn't done that for us, where would we be? I mean, think right now in your life about the people who have made a difference because they showed you love. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was your grandparents. Maybe it was a set of adoptive parents or spiritual parents. Maybe it was a sponsor. Maybe it was just a person at church who you barely knew but gave you that smile. When I was sitting in a jail cell back in 2001, I got letters every day, virtually every single day from a lady at church, Mrs. Marsh. Mrs. Marsh missed 17 days of my incarceration. If you take the number of days that I was locked up behind bars and you take the number of letters that I got from Mrs. Marsh, the difference is 17. And I was in for a year. And she took the time to love me and that meant so much to me. And just getting a friendly note from someone who didn't say, you know what, you can go pound sand. There are people in my past who told me, Paul, go pound sand. I was talking to a friend today over coffee and he was talking about one of the friends that we had from our youth. I went to school with this guy, you know, and and knew him from elementary school. And I don't know anything about him or his kids. Because when I made my mistakes and made my mistakes known, he was one of the people who said, you know what? Pound sand, go the other way. He dusted his shoes off and he dusted me out of his life and and has never invited me back in. And in all likelihood, won't ever invite me back in. That's a a, a stone that I've cast into the sea of my own doing. It's, It's not on him, it's on me. And so do I wanna make a difference in people's life? Yes, because people have loved me and it is incumbent on me to now turn that love around with great aplomb, I might say, 
to give people all the love that I can muster and to greatly love those who might seem unlovable. Recovery ministry people isn't glamorous. We're not dealing with the most glamorous people on earth yet. Sure, you might get a celebrity who comes into rehab. You might get, you know, someone who's, you know, seems to have their act together coming into rehab or coming into recovery. But, but honestly, people, the ones that we're touching on the more consistent basis are those people who are down and out, who have been having a very difficult time with life. And they just aren't sure what that next step is. And they come to a meeting and they see me or they see you and you stick a hand out, give them a handshake. You don't worry how they might smell. Some people might go to a recovery meeting and and have a, a, a person, a guy or a gal come in that reeks of the last beer they just drank in the parking lot. And people would look at it and they'd say, oh, that person can't, you gotta get out of here. I mean, imagine if that person comes into big church on Sunday morning, what some people might say. But that's what we're there for. We're there to make a difference in that person's life. And that person isn't drinking because everything's been going great. That person is drinking in the parking lot of my recovery meeting because it's going so wrong. And part of them is probably expecting me to turn them away because they reek of beer. And how daring is it to give that person a hug and just tell them, hey, Jesus loves you, so I love you also. Yeah, I just met you, but I love you because you are God's very favorite. It's just the way that it works. And it's, it's what I needed to happen. People gave me that love when I came out of that jail. And that's why when I hear worship songs that talk about chains breaking free and, 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 you know, that song, you know, I ran out of that grave. That was me. I was in that grave of prison and everybody was shunning me. And my, my own church asked me to please leave because they didn't want my, my garbage and my, my baggage that I brought with me. They didn't want that around. And so to have people love me in those times changed my life for the better. And so that's what I'm trying to do to make a difference. And it kind of brings me to the song of the week that we're doing this week. This is one that my wife Bev brought to my attention. It's a a new-ish song that you might have heard on the radio by Ryan Stevenson. It's called When We Fall Apart. So I'm going to give you about 90 seconds of that, let you uh, give it a little bit of a listen. And then I'll be back on the other side to tell you my thoughts on it and to talk a little bit more with you. So here's 90 seconds of Ryan Stevenson, and I'll see you in 90 seconds. You were 43 when you got the news. Life will be changing, nothing we can do. The clock is ticking now All I can think about Is knowing I have to move on Without you somehow And I just can't believe That you're the one who's keeping it together As you hold my hand and say It's okay to cry It's okay to fall apart You don't strong when you are not and it may take some time 
So that song has a lot of uh, heavy hitters on it. Uh, Vince Gill uh, singing and playing and uh, Amy Grant in there as well. So no slouches on this song uh, whatsoever. But its uh, its meaning is just, it's really powerful to me um, because I've been through loss and mourning and and needed to just, you know, weep. And... And sometimes it's it's the loss of a loved one. Sometimes it's the loss of of the old me. Sometimes it's the loss of the wrong thinking, the wrong voice in my head. And I've had that wrong voice in my head many times. And I can remember standing at the top of the bleachers at Saddleback Church at a Celebrate Recovery uh, Summit and singing songs or trying to sing songs and having to go through what it talks about in the second verse. It, it says, you know, you ask me to sing some songs that I wrote and I can barely speak, can barely play a note. All my tears rush in, falling on my strings and make this sound of these progressions have a different ring. It's, it's okay. And, and, and I say I was in the top of the bleachers because I just went away because I didn't want to be in a crowd of people while I was feeling that, that motion, that emotion. And, and the song, you know, I ran out of that grave. That's where I was at. I felt like I was just in a grave. I was, I was buried by my own thoughts and self doubt and fears and the lies that I had soaked in from the enemy and just believed and, and took maybe not hook, line, and sinker, but enough to get me so I was on his reel and he was pulling me in away from where it was safe and into his horrid boat. And that freedom that Christ provides and the realization that I didn't have to live with that lie, that I didn't have to believe that lie, that I could feed on the truth was overwhelming to me emotionally. I was just weeping and I couldn't get the words out to the song. And I was, I was trying to just sing and be bold and brave and, and worship, but it just brought me to my figurative knees. I just stood in the back and it was just so thankful and just wept as I let the song wash over me and just know that those words were going through my heart and my mind even if I couldn't get him to go through my mouth. And, and we, we have been given that, that emotion of sadness, that action of, of crying. And it, it says, you know, that Jesus wept when things happened. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was brought to tears over uh, the, the loss of, of, of his friend Lazarus. And if Jesus knew he could bring him back to life, but he still wept and felt the sorrow of the loss, then certainly we will, you know, be able to uh, 
be able to to go through that those feelings as well and and know that we're able to you know have a an emotion that goes through our our stuff uh, our our life i think about the um the life of of many people and one of the things that comes to me when i need inspiration is jimmy valvano jimmy v he gave a very famous speech at the espies and he talks about um the idea that there's you know you know he he, uh, he was told he's had this terminal cancer and he says, how do you, you know, people say to me, how do you get through life or each day? It's the same thing. To me, there are three things we should do every day. We should do this every day of our lives. Number one is to laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is to think. You should spend some time and thought. And number three is you should have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you cry. You think and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And I try to, to, to think about that because, you know, I was brought up in a culture where, you know, boys don't cry, men don't cry. You keep it in, you suck it in, you don't, you know, go sniveling and whining. And I was stuffing all my feelings into a box. And, and this song you know, by Ryan Stevenson just reminds me, we need to let those things out. We need to cry. We need to be joyful. And and those tears can be sadness. They can be joyful. They can be all of it wrapped into one thing. And and that's just, you know, something, something to think about. Um, and, and if you're not familiar with that speech, it's all over the place on the internet. Just look up Jimmy V's speech. It'll come up. You watch it. Uh, if you don't like it, send me an email telling me why you didn't like it. And I'll I'll send you a $5 Starbucks card uh, if, if you think that that speech was not worth your time. Um, so uh, that would be bowtieguyatmessituppodcast.com where you can get that guarantee. So, um, so we were talking about making a difference. And Kevin graduated from his step study today. And you know, my question is always, well, what's next? What are you going to do next? And he just talked about how he wants to share what he's found with other people. I don't know if you remember when you got saved, but it's so like amazing. We just want to share this good news with people. You know, if we've got good news, it's just, I always want to run out and share it. I talked to a friend many years ago. Uh, I went to a football game with a friend of mine. He was a big San Francisco 49ers fan, and I was working on a concrete job for a guy who happened to be a season ticket holder and mentioned that, and I said, you know, I want to get your tickets for this football game and take my friend Fred to go see his, you know, 49ers. And so we went on a Monday night uh, game and and saw the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, Fred showed me, he had grown up in the Bay Area, and he showed me the neighborhood where he lived when he got saved. And it was right by Candlestick Park, which is gone now. The, but, but Fred drove me, he said, this is the house where I lived, and this is the street. 
And I remember getting saved and coming home from church that day. And I went up and down the street, knocking on doors and just telling people what I knew and about Christ that I had found. I just thought, oh, what a great way to make a difference, to have Christ make a difference in your life. But what I was talking to Kevin about, and sorry to be sharing this, Kevin. I'm assuming that I've got your permission because you're an open book. It's the fact that Kevin is so different. The dude who walked into my step study at the beginning of the year and the guy who finished that step study today, those are different dudes. They're just straight up different guys because the, the work that he's put in has made a difference in his life and he can't hide that. You know, Christ told the, um, the guy who had the demons cast out, he, the guy wanted to come with him and Christ said, nope, go back to your family so they can see what Christ has done in you because they'll see the difference. Think about it. You've got a black sheep in your family. We all do. If you can't identify the black sheep in your family, it's you. <laughs> it's very probably you that's the black sheep. And, and think about how that black sheep might have changed and you see the difference. And you know that there's a difference because something has happened in there. And when Christ gets into our lives, the difference that it makes, if your life is not different after you've met Christ, you might not have shaken his hand well enough. You might have been blowing him off. You might have been focusing on yourself instead of on him. Try meeting Christ again. Open your Bible and meet Christ again for the first time and see if you don't change. See if he doesn't make a difference in your life. And then if you don't now, go ahead and make a difference in other people's lives because they see what's happened and they want what you've got. I think about Bill Murray in the movie Scrooge. It's, it's one of my favorite holiday movies. And and he talks at the end and he says, and people are going to see the difference and they're going to want it. And they're going to want to make a change and they're going to want to be different because they can see the difference in a life that's been changed. What are people going to see in your life tomorrow? What are they going to see in your life today? Maybe you're sitting in your car listening to this. Maybe you're in the office listening or at home or in the, the shower or at the spa, or wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. What are you going to do when it ends? I mean, it's going to be done in a couple minutes here. What are you going to do? How are you going to make a difference today? I challenge you to make a difference in someone's life as soon as you can. Whether that's just giving them a friendly smile as you drive down the road and you're stopped at a stoplight and you just look over and smile at a person and and make them smile because you gave them a smile. Or you shake their hand or you go into Starbucks or McDonald's and you you pay for the guy in front of you or or the gal behind you or, or whatever it happens to be. Making a difference is huge. If everybody made just a little bit of difference, the world would change. It doesn't have to be one person saving the entire world. It's just us doing what we can, where we are with what we've got to make that difference. It's just the whole idea behind uh, the Patreon. I always say for as little as a dollar a week, if everybody who listened gave just one dollar a week, it would be way more than a person who decided to give a hundred dollars because there's just that much more people giving just that little bit. And it doesn't hurt when you give a little bit. It feels good. 
You know, I mean, and I'm not discouraging. If you want to give 100, that's great. But I'm saying we don't all have to do that. I would much rather have tons of people doing a small amount than one or two people doing everything. Because that's how we make a big difference in the world is by those little people coming together to make a big sound. A thousand person choir can sing a lot louder than I can by myself, even if I have a PA. There's just more power in more people. And more people doing good things gives more positive power in our lives, in our world. So there we have it, folks. It's me for a half an hour rambling on, talking about you making a difference. And if all you do now is go to the next podcast without taking this to heart, I should have gone to sleep a half an hour ago. <laughs> but if you stop and you take it seriously and you try to make a difference, even if it's just a small one, you're changing someone's life. You never know if you're going to see the benefit of the seeds you plant, but you can change someone's life by just making that tiny difference. If you'd be kind enough to make a difference in my life and let me know what you did, that would be outstanding. That would really make me feel like what I'm doing is purposeful. So if you send in just a story of what you've done or a picture of you doing whatever it is you're doing to make a difference in someone's life, that would be super, super awesome. And there's no prize for this. This is just us making a difference in people's lives and sharing some Jesus. So we're going to do it just for the love of Christ and the love of each other. So I challenge you to do that. If you want to become a patron, go ahead and do that. If you want to follow us on our social media and share the show, do that. Maybe what you do to make a difference is share this show with someone you just pass that link along. That would be outstanding too. Whatever it is, you do what God's calling you to do. Spend a little bit of time in prayer. Think about it. Make a difference. Go out there and, and, and do good things, people. And uh, that's all I have for you this week. Next week, we'll be back. I'm going to be going on a, a little bit of a road trip going up to Oregon, spending some time with my brand new grandson, Ezra, and uh, then seeing uh, some friends in Portland. Uh, going to visit Pastor Dan and do some stuff up there. So we'll be recording the next three shows from on the road. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But um, for right now, make a difference. And we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up Podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess It Up.